Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pibb and we're on episode 10. How exciting is that? Um, not that exciting to you, I'd imagine. This might be the first one you've listened to, so uh, who knows? Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this week's guest is very exciting. It's Open Mike Eagle, um, who I'm a massive fan of. He had the album of the year, in my opinion. Open Mike Eagle and Young F- Fathers or my two uh, dueling it out for album of the year. So it's exciting to talk to him. Before we get to that, I'm going to talk about the sponsors of the podcast. One is Speech Development Records. That's my record label. Um, We've got a sale on at the moment, a December Christmas sale, so you can um, buy T-shirts, mugs, hats, all sorts of stuff, and get 10% off if you enter the code SDR10. Um, A lot of people often ask, Um, how they can support the podcast um, because obviously we do this for free um, and we try and get some money back from things like this merch is one way to support that man if you if if, if you want to go and buy anything i appreciate that i'd rather that than i mean a lot of people ask me there's a donation page and things like that you know i try to avoid that kind of thing i think it's better that you get something for what you pay for i know the podcast is 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 something but i kind of like that that's a free thing um but yeah if you go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com you can check all that out and the next one isn't even actually a sponsor but i wanted to talk about it at the beginning um because i'm excited about it and i actually end up and me and Mike in this in this podcast end up talking about it. But f- from this week is the first week that we're f- f- fully live on a new podcast app called Acast, A-C-A-S-T. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping it's, there's, I'll explain, there's stuff that um, me and, uh, and Mike talk about it. And basically, if you listen, obviously you can still listen to the podcast on iTunes any way you want to listen to it. It doesn't change your listening at all you can just enjoy it it's fine but what excited me about Acast is if you listen in their app and hopefully um at, at, at distractionpiecespodcast.com we're going to have them all up there hopefully for this week if not it'll be next week but it'll be backdated as well so all the podcasts if you're listening on the app or through their a, a listening streaming device thing what i can do is i can go through and put little kind of either pictures or links or whatever into the stream. Um, that sounds confusing, right? It's it's really simple. If you're just listening, you're just listening. But the way I'm going to be doing it, say, for example, obviously the first podcast was a Russell Brand and that went down well. And we discussed a lot of stuff on there that people ask questions about. We, we discussed a website called nomore.org, um, which kind of puts the histories and the 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 back end of companies like the details of the back end of companies so you can search coca-cola and see who owns them and what charges are against them and what good and bad they've done it's things like that we also talked about athenian democracy um and the different ways that that worked as a variation of of different democracies if you're listening in this app you can if you if you if you look at the app then you'll have an option to either um go to a link of the wiki page for example hopefully i've done, I've done it in time for this podcast i've got a hectic week but i'm going to try and go through and do all of them you'll be able to look then you can pause the podcast or just glimpse or look at the end and it will have a link to the the wiki page explaining athenian democracy or a link to nomore.org so you can go straight there and know what it is there was tons of confusion i used that wasn't a that one is an example because no more.org is k-n-o-w-m-o-r-e.org rather than no more as in no more n-o-w um no not n-o-w that's now n-o-m-o-r-e um 
so yeah, so basically I can do that all the way along. Obviously, I mean, just now I've just been speaking about the, the speech development web store. If you are listening on Acast, which is a free podcast, but I'm equally excited the fact that because a lot of people get paranoid as fuck about people pushing three app free apps or anything on them so i i like the app i think it's really accessible i think it's kind of nicer than a lot of the other ways i normally listen to podcasts so i'm kind of only being a a one over on this um but yeah either on the app or if you're listening online at at, at distractionpiecespodcast.com it's all there and you can click the link or not it will just flash these images up say we're talking about a certain artist or painting or comic book you know, hopefully we'll be able to just embed those pictures in there and it all stays within the app so you don't have to jump out of the app and, and go away if you don't want to. Um, yeah, I just think it's pretty cool and I think it's kind of the future of podcasts and we're really proud to be one of the first ones to ask to to join this because um, I think that's the way things are going to uh, go right. Imagine in any conversation or reading any any book that when they, they, they reference something and you're sitting there thinking... I'm a dumbass. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, you can kind of, you can learn. You don't have to go. I mean, there was tons of stuff in the Russell a Brand one. He said loads of words I don't know. I can go through now if I've, you know, if I, if I get the chance and put a little a dictionary a definition of what that word is on the podcast. <laughs> so if you're listening, you go, what was that? You can scroll back and an image will come up saying, oh, what that means is this. And then you'll be able to tell if Russell used it correctly or not, which is also a bonus because sometimes he doesn't. But often he does. That's the, That was a joke. I'm not starting a war. Damn. But yeah, that's Acast. So um, yeah, ch- check it out. I'm, I'm really excited to see where we can move forward with that. I think it's an exciting thing. It's also going to be a thing like we're not accessing it yet, but it's also going to be a thing that we use for the advertising part of this to keep this free and I've just got some really cool and nice ways of, of of dropping adverts in and it not being intrusive and invasive and it feel kind of f- free-flowing and nice. So, yeah, I'm feeling that. Um, I won't talk about it anymore, though, because me and Mike talk about it briefly at the end of this podcast. And it was great to get to s- s- sit down with Open Mike Eagle. I'll tell you that now. He's, he's an am- amazing dude. He recommended some good podcasts t- to me, which I've been listening to as well. It's a great tool because we get to talk about the the music industry, but then we also talk about wrestling, and then we also talk about uh, one of the reasons I moved this this forward, as I've mentioned on on Twitter, I believe, or at the end of the the last podcast, I moved this this forward because originally it was going to be in the new year, but we discuss some of the stuff that's been going on with Ferguson and stuff like that, and it felt like that was cool to or important to have that now and keep the discussion relevant and in there. So yeah hope you enjoy this i'm going to be back at the end to tell you who next week's podcast guest is um it's the biggest guest we've had on or i I think the biggest podcast guest we've had i know a a lot of you are going to be excited a lot of you have been requesting this person so i'll tell you that at the end because i'm a tease like that but for now enjoy this talk with open mike eagle on the distraction pieces podcast Let's say there's one or two, like, or three or four brilliant ideas on it. But with the way the business works, they don't get behind things that are put out quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's good for you and your fans. But it's like, man, what what if this could have been something 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've just I've started the podcast. Cool. Oh, by the way, That's um, fine. just just kind of jumped into that. I'm, I'm here with Oprah Mike Eagle. But Hello. yeah, how you doing? Um, yeah, we were just, just I decided to start recording because we were actually having kind of a, a relevant conversation, right. and we were kind of discussing how or what is the best amount of time to spend on music and yeah. and on a project because a lot of the the kind of the, the, the dopest stuff seems to be recently a lot of stuff that you're not or people aren't getting to spend a lot of time on. Yeah, I mean, but I do I do worry about the time it takes to get PR involved, yeah. the time it takes to build a narrative for a project. It's, it's, I think that's also such um, a, a, a kind of a, a mystery card as well, mm-hmm. though, because you could spend months and months on this and it not quite click. Right. Um, it's just, to me, it's about giving it the opportunity, though. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, what I see a lot more happen around people that I know that don't want to take their time and put stuff out is that they, they'll put together a project with really awesome songs yeah. and people only listen to it for two or three days. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, I think having, having um, you know, giving, giving those other business interests a chance to get behind it, I think is kind of important. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree on that. I guess it kind of depends where you are and, and what it is you're trying to put out. I mean, for me, I mean, I said this on my radio sh- a show a lot. For me, dark a, a, a comedy was probably my album of 2014. And, That's amazing. And, Thank you. It, it's, it's, I think the thing that excited me the most was it felt like exactly that. It felt like an album. It felt like it had been structured and it, it wasn't just a collection of songs. Yeah. It kind of, it, you could tell that, um, yeah, that you'd slaved over that and Poured come to it. this point and this direction. It, it wasn't a case of, like, it felt like the culmination of, 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 of all your albums today or all your work right. t- today. And, that's always an exciting thing for an artist, right? It, it, it must be. I don't know if, if were you aware of that when working on it. Well, that's did, that's did just it feel like another album, or did it feel is, like right? This is the the record. I remember the feeling of right before it came out, or in the time that it was finished, it was turned into the label, and I was waiting for the release date. Um, it was the album where I was most just purely excited for people to hear it versus earlier albums that I've been more nervous. Yeah. Um, But I'm not certain if that was just due to the material on it, but also due to just me having a little bit more confidence as an artist now. Like, okay, this is the statement time for it to you know like yeah. feeling more like a like a uh, like a pregnant woman ready just ready i'm ready to have yeah. this thing you know Completely. what i mean i mean like, and, and that comes across it felt like a very confident and relaxed a record if if it felt like you can you're saying or you know what you want to say you're comfortable saying it right at the pace or in the style that you choose to say it um so yeah was that kind of how was it then to have to sit on it for a while i mean we talk of it's good to get the right pr behind it is there a risk that that, that by the time it's being released you're kind of a bit of your buzz is gone or a bit of the initial excitement is is drifting i mean if you talk about my personal buzz in terms of my excitement for the album it only kind of increases as as we wait because um you know the way that i do slave over songs and pour over songs and tinker and 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 manipulate little things over and over again until I feel like it's right. I do a lot of that process on my own. So in that time between when I turn it in and when it's done, 
finally people are like hearing it. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if it's Long. just the label person, just the PR person. Yeah. But I'm finally getting some feedback yeah. and yeah. that's kind of exciting in yeah. itself, you know. But then in terms of like career buzz, what I found with my career is my buzz only ever really happens when I put a project out. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. other than that, like I can do things and get a little bit of attention or some good things can happen. But in terms of like overall career propulsion yeah. is kind of project based. I mean that's no bad thing though, right? Because it's kind of nice to know that the buzz you're getting is off the strength of your material. It's not off the strength of how good you are at PR or how mm-hmm. good you are at, at being seen in this place or that place or causing some kind of story. It's it's based around the material. So that's hey, kind know, of it, a it, nice buzz it, to get, right? It is. But also I mean I cannot say that over the course of releasing this being my fourth album that I haven't learned those things yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I don't have a lot of resources, but I've certainly learned how to take the resources I do have and help me manipulate those other things yeah. too to make sure yeah. that like my project is in the absolute best position yeah. when it's ready. It's you a beautiful I mean? thing, right? When you realize that all of that shit is completely acceptable too. Yeah. That it's not just about I make a good record and that's that. It's kind of, it's acceptable that there's premeditated stuff going on here you're right. planning what is going to hit when and what you know everything that's at your disposal to get right. it the most exposure i think that takes a while to realize as well because i think does. early on you kind of think look i'm just i write that's right. what i do i make right. a record right. it's dope it's like cool but there's nothing wrong with the the marketing side of it like marketing is seen as such a dirty word but it's kind of it, there's know, nothing wrong with that side of it if you know how to use it and it, you're using it honestly and that's the thing is like even if even if you're just making that album in a week and you're just tweeting about it, you're still marketing. So, like, why yeah. not learn about that, too? You know, why not try yeah. to help the project out, like, help it reach more people? Since, I'm, you know, you as the creator of it, of course you love it. So, like, why wouldn't you use every possible resource? I mean, it's it's tough to say every possible resource because then you get into, like, gamesmanship and some yeah. cheating and, like, there's things that, that people do that... Um, you know, I mean, things that big labels do sometimes yeah. like aren't yeah, the yeah, best yeah. practice. They'll, they'll go, they'll have somebody buy up all the records, or you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 oh, completely. and we sold whatever this week. Yeah, but you bought them all. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, you know, I wouldn't personally want to go that far, but I do think um, it's good to have some type of understanding of marketing and, and give yeah. your give your project a chance to like have some life. Completely, you know? it's it's just. I mean, in in reality, it's just considering it it's thinking about what you're doing with this release and Mm -hmm. and doing it properly Um, are you saying you're kind of excited when ears finally get to hear your new material is it more of a buzz when it's the public or is it I mean obviously it's exciting at first when the label are hearing it or the PR people but there's an element of that that uh, I don't know I always feel well they're the ones that have kind of got to like it it's it's kind of not not that they're not going to call you out if it's shit but they're going to be be working it's a part of their mindset it's going to be predetermined before they press play that i'm going to like this because this is an artist i like this is now i'm going to be working they're already invested yeah they're already there um but i think that uh, one of the things particularly with this album um you weave a lot in there there's a lot of hidden stuff. There's a lot of, of, of references of... And, and again, the thing I like about it is <laughs> most of them don't seem to be references in a... Have you, have you, have you seen this reference? Like, you get this. It seems like they're just... G- 
genuine stuff that it's naturally kind of and then yeah and yeah. then when you do get it you get it if you don't it's not like you feel excluded or left out it's not some cool secret code yeah, I think but, there's context clues for a lot of stuff yeah. too because I think my references do get very uh, acute because mm-hmm. they are like like you said they're kind of they just naturally occur in my own stream of consciousness and like I try very hard to like honor my stream of consciousness yeah, yeah, yeah. and like so if something pops up especially if I think it's like a good rhyme yeah, or yeah. like it, it amuses or entertains me somehow like I really want to honor that like I feel like that's a special part of my particular creativity and there is the reality that everybody won't get it but I, I don't try to like like you said I don't try to make it a secret yeah. you know what I mean I yeah. try to like paint enough things around it where even if you don't know exactly what I'm talking about you kind of get what I mean yeah, yeah. completely I think uh, uh, what do you think um, is attributed to the kind of the rise in the kind of more stream of consciousness based rap. It seems to be a, a, a lot of dope stuff coming off out along them lines on the West Coast at the moment. I think um, a, a Milo is is one mm-hmm. of my, my favourite examples there. Right. I can it, I don't know. It's weird because it feels like I could listen to him in a rap about anything because it just <laughs> seems to just go off on these beautiful soundscapes and tangents. And yeah, it kind of works. Uh, what do you think or what appeals to you about that and why do you feel a loyalty to stream of consciousness and to give it that respect instead of necessarily picking apart in such a manner or Uh, well I mean to me there there definitely needs to be some type of balance in my eyes to where like some songs or some verses are kind of just like I'll start with this thought and I'll land where I land yeah and you know if if I see a theme then I can title it something and that's that and some songs were like no this is a clear idea from beginning to end and every line is about this thing or the development of this one particular idea Um, the thing with me and stream of consciousness is that like I really just enjoy the craft of rapping on its own I really enjoy rapping like cypher rapping like just writing raps and recording raps and um, there's been the idea in my head the last couple of years that I wanted to find a, a different default rap persona or right. or because most of the time when there's no expectation from a song what people will get on it and do you know more often than not is kind of do like an egotistical kind yeah. of rap yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like I'm this good or you know other guys are that bad or I have this or what you know it, it yeah. doesn't even have to always even go into materialism but just yeah, it's like yeah, a very yeah, egotistical yeah, yeah. Yeah. very rapping about how I rap there's a good. lot of I there's a yeah. lot of I in there and I use a lot of I yeah, like yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. goodness I use I, I, <laughs> it's funny I was um, on tour with Clipping uh, recently through through Europe yeah and um, we were talking about the Wu-Tang and uh, if you know we have the conversation of who's your favorite yeah, who's your yeah, least yeah. favorite and I'm not the hugest Raekwon fan yeah. I'm not, not the biggest um, and then they were like appalled <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were like you know they said the really interesting thing about him is that like he never uses I oh really I never you know? even thought I, about it, I yeah. hadn't thought about it either and I did think about it at that moment I'm like wow that's true it's he crazy really how something like that will give you a completely different appreciation because you'll be listening out for that it does thing, it's like right? that's really interesting like where you know like 
Now I just have question marks. And, I, and that's partly part of why I'm not the hugest fan of him to begin with. Yeah. Is to me, there's already too many question marks. Yeah, 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 but this yeah, one's like yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. That he, he really doesn't do that, you know? That's bizarre, right? But then it also made me think about how often I use it, and it's a lot. Do you always use R.A. In, 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 in the realist sense? And I'll explain that because that mm. makes no sense to the sentence. <laughs> um, I've I, I realized I use I in a lot of songs, but when I'm not writing as myself, if you know what I mean. So I'll be right. I'll be telling the story, but I'll often choose to tell it as if it's my story or from mm. my perspective. So, so whilst I might use a lot of I, it's not necessarily always me. Is that? Do you always write just from your own 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 perspective or own consciousness? Or um, I very I very infrequently ever write outside of my own perspective. Yeah. And when I do write outside of my own perspective, I do tend to still personalize it yeah, yeah, in that yeah, sense yeah, but yeah, yeah I usually do write a lot just straight up from my mind and and I write a lot about how my mind works yeah and yeah. just how it processes ideas yeah so there's a lot of I I was looking at a verse I wrote the other day I'm like I think there's an I in every bar yeah, <laughs> yeah that's crazy <laughs> but I mean that's yeah, I think that's a, an, uh, a f- often a far more interesting way to write because that's where the 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 huger differences are mm. in people like mm-hmm. th- there's tons of people from Chicago or you, you, you're from Chicago yes. originally but yes. in LA now and mm-hmm. all that there's tons of people from these areas who are rapping yeah. so if you're rapping about outside of your head there's a lot of people talking about the same stuff right. so if you're rapping more internally then that's I think where I think it's, it's where a lot of, of rappers tend to have that moment where they find who they are and what and, they're and, and kind I, and of hitting I believe that one of my aims has been Ever since I first started really recording solo work, one of my aims has been to like elevate the experience of the individual in rap music because so much of what I think keeps rap music at a at a at a particular kind of frozen place a lot of the mm-hmm. time in terms of uh, its perception yeah, 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 yeah. is um, how tied it is to like a certain especially in the states a certain kind of like urban experience like yeah. one particular kind and that if it's not that then it's somehow inauthentic mm-hmm. and and I don't know if I mean I think I think in a sense even before I even realized that I was yeah. always trying to um validate my own uh perception and perspective more but then once I did kind of see that then it made me go even harder in that direction yeah, like yeah, I yeah, really yeah. like I said I really want to honor my own stream of consciousness like to me like that is a gift like every, it's a gift of course everybody has but like yeah. I think like the the perspective of the individual is just so um, undermined yeah yeah sure you know in terms of the perception of hip hop and so like I've always kind of gone really hard on that no that's great I, th- I think that that kind of Stood out immediately with everything about this last a release because the production, the sung vocals, and the spoke, the kind of mixture of sung and spoken, the videos, everything seemed to be saying right. This isn't necessarily the hip hop that you know, but it's still hip hop. It still felt in. There's things like uh, the Young Fathers album I loved this year as well and that felt like hip-hop but not hip-hop but it, it that also felt like it could be under another genre it might yeah. not be hip-hop I think it is but it might not be whereas yeah. I, I, your album felt it was a step away from that but it was still 
definitely a rap record. Yeah, because you know? I really, I really like rap music, and I don't like to, you know, there's things I don't like about where rap music is, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make me want to run away from rap music. It makes me want to personalize rap yeah, music yeah. and make the kind of rap music that I would like to hear. I think that's the mis- mistake that a, a lot of people make is they get hung up on the rap music they don't like mm-hmm. and ignore the fact that, in my opinion, there's some of the the, the best r- rap records are being made right now. I, I they agree. just might not be in the charts or whatever, but that doesn't matter. So what are you kind of feeling at the moment in... Within hip hop or, or outside of hip hop, any rap wise, I'm listening to Bus Driver's record a lot. Yeah, yeah, I've been really going back to that a lot. Um, what else have I been listening? It seems to have come in that 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 a bit harder with this record, and it yeah, feels like, I, and I, you know, it feels like it's got more drive and purpose than 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 some of his previous stuff. Again, not that drive and purpose is the be all or end all, but I, I just, you know, to me, it's like. Like having especially a close a close proximity to him, yeah. I think he's the kind of person where his 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 what I would call genius is often like kind of overlooked. Like in terms of he does a lot of his own production and he brings right. in other people that he works with. Yeah. But most of those musical ideas are his. Yeah. You know. Um, and I think his his musical ambition and like how he goes about like song crafting, yeah. I think is really incredible. And I think on this album, like he really has this really interesting balance between like this really um, beautiful forward thinking electronic music yeah. that, that he's kind of producing and writing, yeah. and you know, and in his rap style, which is already you know his rap style is incredible, yeah, you know. So I think, unique. man, it's like it's really. I keep coming back. To his album, yeah, I loved it. I heard an interview with Questlove a little while ago, and him he they he was asked. It was on the on the Champs, which I recommend is a great podcast. Um, and they were asking him his top top five MCs, mm-hmm. and he had, had. I was delighted to hear a bus driver in there and Paul Barman in there. Yeah. Delighted and sh- and shocked to hear both <laughs> from Questlove because I didn't. I, I don't know. I didn't expect them to be on his his radar yeah. or his kind of thing. Um, you kind of touched on the on the close proximity there. Let's talk a, a little bit about the Hellfire Collective, this whole the Hellfire Club, this whole thing that's 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 going on in LA at the moment with you and Milo and No Can Do and Bus Drive and all this. What's how's how did you kind of fall in with this crowd as such, and what's the kind of the binding force? Well, I think you can't talk about Hellfire Club without talking about Project Blow, right? You know, so uh, you know that being the long running rap center of 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 LA in terms of uh, progressive rap and so I I of course was rap kin to bus driver from there already Mm -hmm. and um me and No Can Do were kind of peers in Project yeah. Blow. Project Blow is kind of like a rap school, kind cool. of like a dojo. It's loosely formed. Like, there was never any structure. Yeah. But, like, what would happen over the course of the 15 years that Project Blow ran was that different generations of young rappers would come in. That's amazing. And in my generation, um, the two crews were—he had a crew called Customer Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're still checking out, you know, if you you know, if you're listening to Hellfire Club stuff now, you'll hear Kale. Um and Kale was part of customer service, uh, with with a couple with a bunch of other guys, SP, Psychosis, um, a few other guys. And then I I was in a crew called the Swim Team, which is myself and Dumbfounded and Psychosis again. Yeah. Um 
Lyra Flip, Alpha MC, Verbs. So we were like the crews of that generation, cool. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, me and James have been rapping together now in close proximity for over about 10 years now, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's crazy. And um, when Blow ended uh, and James started, you know, James being No Can Do, when yeah. he, he wanted to start a rap label, he started Hellfire Club. And um, I was, you know, there from day one. I just, yeah. you know, I knew that that was a very important thing that he was doing and I wanted to yeah. be a part of it. And um, what slowly started to happen, like, he, No Can Do was a productive guy. I'm pretty productive in terms yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, always kind of working on something. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bus Driver was kind of like, you know, he, of course, was very well established, but um, was still kind of looking for that home base that yeah, he had yeah, with Blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, they put out, you know, Hellfire put out No Can Do's album, um, put out an album by Intuition, an album by Electronic Group, E Super, a couple other things. And they put out my second album, Rappers yeah. of Die Natural Causes, which was like a big step for me when that album came out. Yeah. And then the next album was um, Bus Driver and No Can Do's Flashbang Grenada album. Yeah. It came out on Hellfire Club, and, and I was on that. And around that time is when, okay, we kind of all started hanging out more and making stuff more and saying, okay, like, we're all kind of... Um, getting production from these low-end theory dudes yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. all kind of like okay we got to kind of got the sound going and then um i met milo on tour when i was in milwaukee i met him and um when he you know really got into making solo work it seemed like a really good fit yeah yeah so completely you know, we brought him into the fold and then like, okay, with the four of us, okay, now it's kind of like a force yeah, here. But there's yeah. there's lots of guys around L.A. that are doing stuff too. Rhetoric and Kale and, and Verbs. Yeah. All those guys are part of Hellfire Club That's too. great though, man. How, how key do you think it is to find these kind of groups and peers to kind of drive each other on and, and, and push each other on? I think the most, uh, one of the greatest motivating f factors is when you hear something that number one is amazing and is dope and number two is from that guy there that right. you've just been having lunch with coming that's kind of it it, it it humanizes it all a lot if you're just hearing a record on the radio and it's amazing it's like shit they've done that you know right. you might think i don't know how they did that but when you're sitting across from this dude and it's amazing that's got to be the most motivating thing to go wow we can i, tell you, tell I can you, do this it was so incredible we were on a hellfire club tour in march of this year uh february and march and you know, around that time, we all, the four of us, so this was myself, No Can Do, Bus Driver, Milo. All our albums were pretty much done. Yeah. So we would just play each other's albums yeah, in the yeah. car, and it yeah. was just like, you know, just like kind of really marveling in like this work that was about to come out, like the year that we were about to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just and, and, Anticipation there. That's right. Crazy, and then all right? being kind of fans of each other and pushing each other and giving each other... Um, little things or oh you know I think that could be better I think that could be better I think that's awesome I think mm. that's incredible and like yeah, to yeah. kind of workshop in each other's yeah, stuff yeah. It was, it's it's really been an incredible experience to be able to do that that's great um, so how have you found um, a touring in, in in the UK and, and Europe you've been a, a with a few other acts you've been on your own uh, how's that been how are you finding it over here um, have, you, have, have you done a lot of Europe in the past no this is my first time um Overall, it's been amazing. Um, there's been some really, really, really great shows. Um, like, only two of the shows weren't, like, amazing. Yeah. 
That's a, and even it's a good those, ratio, man. It is it's really it's great. You know, time, it's great. Yeah. And 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 even the two that weren't like they were they were good shows with people that just kind of were like odd presentations yeah. for me and what I do. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, 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 maybe the people that. that were there weren't necessarily properly yeah. primed on me. Yeah, yeah. But they were still good shows. And the rest of the shows were like incredible. Crazy, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Um you know, it's it's the it's a cliche thing, but just being this far away from where you live and you show up and there's people excited to see you, like yeah. you know the words, see your stuff. It's crazy, like, right? It's I really, remember the first good. time I toured um in the US, I think it was like 2008, maybe 2009, and we got to this this one place and ticket sales were at 12, I think, mm-hmm. and they peaked at about 25, yeah. and we were about to go out, and I was like, oh, man, like we'd been sport a bit. A few of the shows had been rammed, and it was like... And then it suddenly occurred to me, literally before we drove there, I'd never heard of Ames, Iowa. <laughs> Yet there's 25 people in Ames, Iowa who have heard of us enough to want to buy tickets to come and see. And it was like, Man. that became one of my favourite sh- shows because I was just that bl- blown away by the I fact that they... I might not be able to pull 25. <laughs> 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 it was an odd one to have on the tour. Yeah. And it was like, but, but you know, it, it's that thing of, I think... A, a releasing a records and touring can become so all in, all encompassing that yeah. you often don't get a chance to step step back and go, damn, I've got I've got another album in 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 record shops. Like yeah. people can can go and b- buy some stuff that I recorded, and that's kind of that, that should never stop being amazing. It's, it's incredible, you know? you know. Every time it's incredible, and with me, every time it's kind of been a different business situation. Every time, so like. It's it's never lost its luster to me. I mean, of course, you know, no campaign is ever perfect. Yeah. But this one I just had. I mean, I couldn't have asked for any better yeah. than what I got. Like, you know, Mellow Music Group, they were really, really well set up. Yeah. Very yeah. supportive. You know. Yeah. It seemed and, like a, 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 a solid campaign that was getting yeah. the right tone, that was getting in the right places. And that's, and, and that's you know, what else? You know, like, that's... It's just, you know... Having released records in the past, you just get to this thing. You have this checklist, like, man, I wish I could have this, this, that, and that, and that. Mm. And then with this campaign, all that stuff happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, it's oh, great, that's, right? that's cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, like you're you sitting there going, "What? I need, I need something to complain about." There's not, this, <laughs> there's this hasn't. This there. normally needs to be something I can there's not be happy. There, you know? um, well, I mean, speaking of touring and potentially complaining, can we talk a little bit about the occasional shortfallings of promoters of of venues? You've got. One of my favorite tracks on the album was, you know, is about a promoter offering yeah. to fly all your stuff over <laughs> and paying you in, in gold doubloons and all this, and then it turning out you can't can't do it. And that I listened to that and thought, I wonder if anyone who isn't a touring artist gets that track in the same way that every touring artist will have got. The fact that all the all the promises there mm-hmm. to then see the reality I'll tell you I'll go even <laughs> one further though I, I I don't think most people even actually realize what that like the, like because the song is literal yeah. right about the show opportunity that's yeah, promised yeah, and yeah, not yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to do it but actually where that song comes from is this fear that I always have about uh that that when every good opportunity comes, I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up and lose it somehow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I there's mean? There's a reason <laughs> to not be there. There's a reason yeah, for it not to happen. Exactly, yeah. and I feel like you know, like oh man, um, like like I remember um, when I knew I was gonna go on at uh, on the Mark Marin podcast, the yeah. WTF. Like I remember like 
that whole day before me thinking, oh, he's just going to call me and tell me never mind. Like, yeah. he's going to look he's gonna look at, <laughs> he's going to look me up and be like, why am I talking to this guy? You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like you have these. <laughs> the exact, exact same when going on to, uh, to do the Joe Rogan podcast. It was like, mm. I'm driving there and literally thinking, I'm still not sure if this is going <laughs> to happen or if it's going to be just we sit there and there's awkward silence right. for an hour. And right. You know, and that's that's you know, and, and that's where I wrote that song from. It's like it wasn't even really about the promoters' promises. Wrong, it was about like me and that fear that I have that like I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck up something good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. So, so uh, let's get on to on to podcasting then, because you've. You've got your own podcast, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. What what was the appeal of pod- Are you a big podcast listener? Yeah, you know, I used to be a bigger one. Um, now there's just like this one radio show that happens five days a week, and mm-hmm. I listen. I, I subscribe to that on Audible.com, and yeah. I pretty much listen to that whenever I'm not listening yeah, yeah, to yeah, beats yeah. or listening yeah, to songs cool. I just made or trying to hear somebody's yeah. album. That's usually what I'm listening to, and um, it's called Ron, the Ron and Fez Show, and. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to, I mean, I still occasionally listen to to Marins. I always check in with him, especially if I'm touring. Like, I'll yeah. see what he's got going. I, I, I can only handle the What the Fuck podcast in in, uh, in small doses because <laughs> I, 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 I listen and th- like, like when I go into podcasts, I binge a bit. I'll listen to a yeah. load. And Mark's are amazing and I need to listen to more. But then they end and I realize I'm really tense yeah. and really kind of stressed. And it's yeah. like, hang on, yeah. how, have I, how have I just drawn in this, his, his tension and stress? I've kind of absorbed it through the headphones. Yeah. So I had to kind of self-diagnose there of like, right, I need to only, only, only listen in portions. Yeah, but I used to listen to his almost every episode. I used to listen to Adam Carolla's podcast yeah. almost every day. Um, I had gone through phases of listening to a bunch. I do enjoy them, and um, but really the, the appeal for me making one um, was it's really more about getting a chance to talk to people who are around me who yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. feel like get talked to a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and getting a chance to like draw things out of them and, yeah. and hear their stories. And Completely. Like, I think yeah. when you've kind of got that drive or workaholic kind of nature or motivation or even just a self-employed type thing, that awareness that if you stop working, that work isn't happening. Right. You know, it's, it's you're working for you. When you've got that, doing something like a podcast, I found as well, you get to schedule time to catch up with people that mm-hmm. you might not have caught up with or to find out stuff about people that you meet in a touring scenario all the time but don't unnecessarily talk yeah. on a you know not a, a deeper level sounds too much half the podcasts are just a, a, a chatting shit anyway you know <laughs> but still to get that more in-depth extended oh, conversation you know who i listen whose podcast i've been yeah. listening to a lot stone cold steve austin is it good i've listened oh to like three God, i've listened incredible. to like three like his he's he you know he was always a really good talker on yeah, the mic and yeah, the ring yeah, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got a persona in his podcast, and he's a good interviewer. Yeah, I've heard him uh, when he had Charles Sonnen on, okay. and I think Razor Ramon. I've, I've listened yeah. to a few, but not that many. Oh my god, it's really it's incredible! Good, right? And 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 it's like that thing with him. It's like he's around guys who don't get to talk a lot. Yeah. So you get those guys together and they start talking shop. It's amazing to see inside of their world. Completely. You know? There's a few people I've got on my list of, of, for this podcast who are wrestlers, mm. who are current wrestlers and it occurred to me I don't know if I could have them on because 
when you're still a wrestler, there's that kind of line you don't want to cross or right. talk about because of the the blurred reality, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the great thing I liked about the the Stone Cold one was he's genuinely talking to people who either aren't wrestling anymore or or either and also and don't don't particularly give a fuck. They They're kind don't. of like quite happy even, to even expose guys, everything, even talk the shit. Guys he has on like the guys that are still working, like guys <laughs> that are still WWE, yeah. like. They'll put it out. They'll push shit out there. Yeah. Chris Jericho's podcast is good as well. Yeah. And he has a lot of current guys on there. I he heard has a, him on another. I heard him on the Nerdist podcast. And he has so many good podcasts. You got to hear Jericho's interview with Triple H. Yeah. It's two parts. Fucking amazing. Yeah. To hear a guy like started Triple H as like one of the guys, but now he's like running the shit. Yeah, Basically, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really incredible to hear his journey. Yeah, it's, cr- you know? it's, it's crazy. I think that with a lot of the ones, like a, a lot of the wrestling ones I've heard, even if I'm not as up to date on wrestling as I, as I once was, it's a fascinating, they're, they're always a fascinating interview because it is still a, one of the few industries that still has a lot of of smoke and mirrors like mm-hmm, on, on, mm-hmm, on in, in, in all ways it's not really there's never really people speaking that f- frankly mm-hmm. other than in the, like in if if a wrestler is going on a big talk show in America he's going on there as Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin he's not going on there as Steve you know, so it's kind of it's an interesting area. Have, have you, you ever seen Have you fan. ever seen uh, shoot interviews on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, I've seen a well, few. Well, you know, they, they, they get pretty real. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, hearing now those are guys them, that don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine gave me a, a a load of them on DVD a while ago, and he actually he's got a, a wrestling podcast that I can't think of the name of now, which I should be giving a, sh- a sh- shout out to. Anyway, his name's David Davis, but he gave me a load, and again, it's fascinating shit because you hear about. In the old days when you were a wrestler, if you were g- good at your job, you were genuinely putting your life at risk. Because if you yeah. were the bad guy, people believed it. And, and they they'd say people would hated punch you. you in the face. Yeah. People would throw a they drink at you. People would do you, yeah. shit. And it's like, that's crazy. Because that means you, you, you're kind of nailing it. But right. fuck, that's dark, right? Did you... um? Have you read that Kamala story that came out recently? No, I saw him tweeting about it, and it okay. blew my mind that Kamala had a book. And that, well, but I don't okay. know what it well, is. Well, he just got all. both his legs amputated in the last shit. couple of years, so like shit is really real for him right now yeah, because of diabetes or whatever. But it was talking about him and how he was just kind of like this wrestler guy that kind of wasn't going anywhere. But Jerry Lawler actually gave him the Kamala gimmick. Right. Call, you know, gave him the Ugandan giant. Yeah, and Jerry yeah, yeah. Lawler painted his face for the Damn. first time. And then from the very first time he came out to the ring after that, the entire arenas were just scared and wanting yeah. to see him get beat up. Like, and, and just the difference it was in having yeah. a character that people could, like, believe in and hate and be frightened of yeah. and how that changed his entire career. It's crazy. How how scary do you think it is that, or how much of a reflection the WWE is on America's mm-hmm. intrinsic mm-hmm. racism and, mm-hmm. and xenophobia? Because I think the biggest, most of the biggest villains, or the easy villains they right. do, will be some kind of foreign person. Mm-hmm. I always remember the bit that made me think, it made me scared of America in, in general. I remember there was a guy called Mohammed... Mohammed Hassan, oh, Hassan, I, I think guy, it was, yeah. and he was just playing and uh, either a Saudi, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't think, but it was whoever America it, were it at was, war with at was, the time. It was a vague Middle Eastern. They, did, yeah, they didn't want to name like specific. a country, but yeah, it was. But the, 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 the point that that really got me was there was a Royal Rumble and everything's going down, and then 
his number comes up and his music plays and everyone in the ring stopped and he runs down and all the wrestlers who were enemies and were mm-hmm. fighting got in a circle around him beat him up then lifted him over their head while a stadium full of people chant USA yeah. USA yeah. then they threw him out and that was I was watching that thinking this is scary, man, because that's really, that's breeding some dark and yeah. bad shit, it right? It feeds off of it and breeds it, yes. Yeah, it is, it's kind it of, is. it taps into that, and it's a, a petrifying th- thing. It is, is, is they, they get into a lot of um, bad uh, stereotypes, they, a lot of bad, because they, right, they, go, they go for the easy, Yeah, you know, it's like, it's like music marketing, you know what I mean? They they were like yeah. they want to go for the easy character, like, yeah. how can we describe this in one sentence, you know what I mean? Scary Middle Eastern guy, yeah. let's put him out there. That's, exactly, you know I mean? that's like, exactly, and it's so scary how lazy it can be in yeah, that way, very. that it's just literally, it's thinking who's... Who's the foreign enemy at the moment? Who's right. the current exactly. foreign enemy? There was a period where a load of the baddies were Russian. Mm-hmm. There was it's a period back to where now. a load of yeah, and it's kind <laughs> of that continuing thing of all right, we've done with this part of a war. Mm-hmm. Now we'll come b- 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 back round to that. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up, right? It's very it's fucked, kind up. Of fucked up. It's very fucked up. Like it's you know, it, it, it never. <laughs> yeah, it gets it, overlooked. It, it's not really addressed, it, is it? It's, it's never. Well, you know, it gets addressed in 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 odd ways, but uh, but they do keep going back to it, and it's because their writing staff typically is overworked, and Vince is half crazy and doesn't yeah. get out much, and so he's still got 15, 20 year old ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, to in, at, at risk of turning this into a complete wrestling. I don't care. They, they tried. They tried. It's just occurred to me. They tried to make a villain of Jack's swagger recently, yeah. right? And they made him kind of that exactly thing—a really right-wing, mm-hmm. a racist kind of character. And the scary part is he didn't really take off as a heel. No, he kind of he wasn't that hated. They were doing this whole go back to your own country. He was fighting all the Mexican fighters mm-hmm. and all this kind of thing with a Zeb Coulter there yeah. in like with a fucking Confederates flag and shit like that. And people weren't getting that mad. No. That was what was kind of disturbing. That, that, it was like, that only and again, that's kind of a reflection on the fact that it's not WWE's fault. It's kind it, of, they, you know, that's they, the thing. well, we'll try and make a right wing thing, the villain. Nope, you're not, you can't hate that. That you only, that only, that, that, that's only a passable heel act in the Northeast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in, in Southern California and in the... Northwest, Portland, yeah. and Seattle. Everywhere else in America, like, I don't see what the joke is. I don't see what the, this is fine. It's, he's, he's got a good point. And everywhere else, they're talk, they're saying we the people, right yeah. along with them. You exactly. know, exactly. That was the kind of the scary thing for me was seeing it first being a bad thing, and then by the end, people wearing t-shirts saying we the people and yeah. being, yeah, comfortably racist. Yeah, man. I mean, America, and, and, and you know, crazy. one thing, you're kind of seeing it right now with the uh, Michael Brown thing, yeah. too, is that, like, okay, because for every human, it's important to be part of some kind of community, yeah. like, something that you can feel a part of, because I think, yeah, sure. you know, when, like, psychologically, they've done studies to say, like, the most dangerous thing a person can feel is just not connected to anything. Mm-hmm. Like, people just go jump off a bridge immediately if they yeah. don't feel like they're accountable to anybody else. And what's... I don't know. I, I think I want to say it's like really mostly a function of like how aggressively uh, consumerist the culture is in America. Mm-hmm. 
but it's like the like the things that the community, the American community is founded on right now. It's like there's it's nothing to do with love. There's no yeah, love. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. love. It's like it's very xenophobic. It's very um, material. It's mm-hmm. like the the base true ideas of yeah. like how people identify as American. It's yeah. just not it's not healthy shit at all. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like really kind of scary to see yeah, like, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, like when you see what the American common American reaction to Michael Brown is, it's like, oh, he was a thug, so I guess he deserved that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, but no, as an American, you don't see like an American connection yeah, and like yeah. due process, justice, none of that. It's like, no, he's a thug. Like, wow, like that's scary. Right? That's the truth of like, you know. And it's not like it's everybody. It's just like that's what people are finding is the easiest idea or community to connect to yeah. is that. Do you think any of that is down to the the way we've pushed more and more toward, towards d- detachment from reality? So the fact that he's a thug, he's not a kid that lives down the road. He's, you know, you can just associate that. That's a separate thing. He was this person. That, do you know what I mean? There's no, it doesn't feel like there's a human element. To, right, to that's it. true. It's that thing of, um, if you read in the news that four Americans have died in 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 a tragedy somewhere in the world right. you relate more right. than the fact that there was a thousand non-Americans in that right. tragedy exactly. and it's that kind of thing that just makes it that and again it's a natural a natural thing and reaction but i think the more we live through the internet and through a social media the more that becomes the case it's right. that you're you're detached from the from the humanity of it you can make Michael Brown a character rather than a human it's like you would figure with the internet with the access to information access to people's stories Mm. that you would find that there's more of an opportunity to invest emotionally in other people's situations I think the fact that that's not happening is really the like what it like you know I, I tweeted recently I was like you know when that when that verdict or that that yeah. grand jury came back yeah, yeah, that he yeah. wasn't even you know gonna go for trial it was like yeah. and I knew you know like you know me we and I say we as like black people yeah, of America sure. are really fucking angry about that yeah. like the initial anger just comes from the fact that it seems to happen more often than not that like white policemen treat black Americans as like monsters like Mm. not people not men like not something that they are connected to like you know you heard about the Tamir Brown thing yeah yeah. 12 years old and and I haven't seen the video but apparently they just drive up to wherever he is and just start shooting this is a little boy (laughs) you know what I mean it's It's just like I think there's this basic thing about white men feeling separate from black men and feeling scared or or um or or above something just something not connected you yeah. know that kind of creates all of this space and so our frustration comes from the fact that like we're told constantly that you know America's all about equality and yeah. we're constantly getting the signal that there's some disconnect there and like when I hear about somebody gets like especially you know as a parent i hear about anybody's child getting killed like my initial feeling is like parental grief and it just doesn't seem like 
it seems like there's a, a great deal of white Americans that are able to feel something else before that. Yeah. And it's like we have like our like the thing is trying to figure out what that thing is is keeping them from being able to do that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, com- completely. I think there's a weird thing, as you were saying, how the internet should <clears throat> allow us because of hearing more people's stories to feel that more connected, not right. more disconnected. But I kind of feel we've got a problem with kind of that we've got a vaccination of emotion in all the kind of dumb sh- sh- shitty posts that come about of um a repost this to show support for this mm-hmm. kid who lost his dad in the war or stuff right. like that stuff right. that's <clears throat> that people can dip into for a minute right. and feel that emotion and feel sympathy and empathy mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually mean anything to them and i think that's kind of <clears throat> i've got a bad a bad th- oh, throat at the moment it's no terribly worries. unprofessional um, <laughs> it's all right i think that that kind of as as well as well uh, willing as it may be that kind of is working as a negative because mm. you've got those things to go i'm just going to touch this to mm. prove that i feel and to prove that i've got emotion so that when i don't need to have that i can be more that person's a monster or that person was a That's criminal or that person was or was this or that and i think again it's that weird thing of because of the distance and gap that technology gives us is you can make uh, those choices in 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 the real world, you've got not that you've not got that choice. If you see something bad happening, you can't help but happen emotionally. Right. Whereas on the internet, you can scroll it, scroll down, or turn elsewhere, mm-hmm. and it's kind of I don't know. It's weird. You know, what I feel like is 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 problematic along those lines too. Is it like I don't what what it, what the sense I get sometimes when I look at like how especially like right wing America reacts mm-hmm. to situations like what's happening now is um it's like it's almost like to them it's like they feel they 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 feel like that if they are empathetic toward people of color in that sense that they are somehow losing something yeah you know um yeah. that like that, that and, it, and it like goes into how I see them violently denying like if you there's some people if you say the term white privilege to them they just lose their shit yeah, you know yeah. um, because I guess in their life they feel like well I don't get anything handed to me so that must not be a thing that exists but and it's just craziness because it's not even yeah it's it, not it, exactly it's not even about that it's just that like the way that things are framed to them mm. it means like the, the 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 concept of white privilege means that like I'm getting something and that means I'm going to lose something or you know what I mean it's just yeah. it's not there's not a realistic understanding of any of it no you know com- com- completely people don't realize that as much as anything it can be purely a perception is the right. privilege the right. fact I mean I was I was thinking about this a lot with the Michael Brown thing because I, I was I was trying to not just be filled with hate mm-hmm. for the police in this mm-hmm. situation which is not an easy thing to feel um, and I was thinking well uh, uh, what if this policeman that th- did this didn't necessarily go right I'm going to kill this kid what, what, what if which is highly likely because of the way um, America chooses to arm every level of police it seems 
a what if he panicked mm-hmm. and just bang you know you know not not a, a vicious but a panic thing right. which again <laughs> that's no in, in a way that's scarier to mm-hmm. me because that's just you've got guns and arms in the in the hands of people who don't know how to deal with them and handle them but then equally he wouldn't have panicked in that way if white skin was in front of him and, and that's, that's where the privilege is that's and then, of, then that's exactly like the problem it's like if you are going to arm every level of police, then we have to have a realistic conversation about how black men are perceived. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, even separate, like, you know, um, there's there, there's not, it's, it's hard, it's difficult to say, or I would never even try to say that, like, you know, there's not a lot of problems in the black American community. There's a shit ton. I mean... You know, a lot of times when people are downtrodden economically, yeah, shit happens. And that's the majority of the black experience in America is kind of like, you know, it's on the low end of the economic totem pole. You know, and and in those situations, you know, um, a lot of bad things happen. But it's like if you're going to like if if you're going to arm every level of police, you have to have a really genuine conversation about whether or not a white officer is going to be more panicked Mm-hmm. seeing a black man yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like we have to really yeah, yeah, have yeah, yeah, that yeah. conversation like yeah. and, and it's like it's it's not like we you know I feel like we would feel so much better if there was just some admittance towards that and not just like making us feel like we're fucking crazy when yeah. this shit keeps happening yeah. you know what I mean it's crazy I think the problem is it just it's gonna continue to be an American issue um, and not because there's more necessarily more racism in America but because of that disparity between um, between the races Mm -hmm. and economy I think if we armed all of the British police then there would be similar deaths but I think from my knowledge in the UK there's a greater amount of white people at the bottom end of, Mm. of, of the social ladder um, not more, not necessarily more white people than black people, but certainly a, a closer mix than in America, where the economy really seems to set it up that the white folks are going to sit over here. And you know, and well, I don't know. I think that would be in, not, not that I would I, I want that, but if if suddenly the UK police were armed and suddenly white kids were getting shot in these panic situations. It, I'd be fascinated to see how that changes perception and opinion and, in fact, the rulings and who gets charged and who doesn't I mean, get charged. Because I think, you know, it all, goes in, it, it all goes to me into this list of conversations that have to happen because I think what even informs what you just talked about in the States yeah. is the circumstances by which all the black people got to America. Yeah, completely. Which is like, there's... I don't... I mean, I think about this a lot, but, like, I don't know if there's other nations... Where those circumstances exist, where there's so many people in a place that were brought there under yeah. those cir- circumstances yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. that perpetuate themselves economically from yeah. that beginning, yeah. you know, um, and so it seems like that had no choice but to start at the bottom of the exactly. ladder. And and um, yeah. and you know, and and the fact that the people who do control most of the resources in, resources in America have only gotten stingier with them as time mm-hmm. has gotten past. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the access to uh, wealth, it's, it's almost non-existent now. So yeah. it seems like that's, you know, those states, those stratas, stratas of uh, economic uh, 
those economic levels will probably perpetuate more and more yeah. as they are, yeah. you know. And um, it's it's like we have to have a conversation about that. Like, what you know, what does it mean that people were bought here as slaves and when they were, quote unquote, free, they weren't really ever given anything, mm-hmm. even though they made the country rich because yeah, they had free completely. labor for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so like they're directly tied and into this wealth, into the huge power that it is, and, and have then... never really been able to access any of the wealth mm-hmm. that they helped create. Um, you know, now live in in a, in a, in a world where everything is explained as being equal but then there's all of these markers all these signifiers that it's not you know like and 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 these things i think a lot of these things i think a lot of these perceptions i think a lot of these actions and behaviors that go back in history at this narrative that at some point people decided to stop talking about yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the, these conversations have to be had or else like Black kids are gonna keep getting shot, and then shit's gonna keep getting set yeah. on fire. Like, cause what else do people do when they're enraged, and people keep telling them it's your fault? <laughs> you know what it's I mean? It's crazy, cause again, I've I kind of the, I've I've only spoken about it all a, a, a little bit online because I feel as a white British person, my voice has can add very little to the situation. So I've spoken a little bit, but the thing that. Like I, I I attended um, a rally in support over here um, in support of the people of Ferguson um, and, and Michael Brown's family to show that people are weren't right. happy with the the result. Um, and someone commented on my Facebook saying that's that's really cool that that's happening. I, I let's hope it remains peaceful and doesn't turn into looting and setting things on fire. Um, and I kind of it's one of the few comments on that that I commented back to saying. I do hope that, but I don't think that peaceful protests are the only ones that are valid. I don't think that just because something can turn into chaos, because rage is completely natural in such a situation, I don't think that invalidates that as as the protest. And in a weird way, standing at this protest, I was really conflicted because I felt it was a positive thing. But what we're essentially protesting against here is... The complete system. Mm-hmm. We're not protesting against just that policeman. Right. We're protesting against the the people who have then cleared him right. of this crime. So we're protesting against the whole system. Therefore, a peacefully sanctioned process is working within the very system that right. you're protesting against. So again, I'm not saying that we should set the world on fire, but equally, how can that ever have any great right. impact? If 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 you're saying, excuse me, is it all right if, if we protest against you? Right. And they say, yeah, you can protest between four and seven um, <laughs> on that, only on that street, and then it's like, all right, cool, thank you. How's that really going to have? I mean, and, and, any and, and, impact? and again, that's not necessarily saying that riots and turmoil yeah, no, is the I, way, but it's just confusing to me how that's how that is the answer. And then, and then also, it's like. <clears throat> In Ferguson, there were a lot of peaceful protests that were met with huge aggression and huge army like, you know, military levels of weapons and intimidation. It's like, you know, it's it's like it's and I'm I'm not I'm not advocating for violence in in any sense, but it's like I, I don't it's like the messages that are getting sent with the murders and the response, it's just like it's mind boggling for people to not expect that, like, we would only get more upset 
Mm-hmm. And want to lash out, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like I don't, I don't think people's businesses <clears throat> deserve to suffer either. No, I agree. But I do understand people wanting to like really be heard and really yeah. shut shit down. And how crazy is sending tanks t- to prevent a war? Is insanity. If you're particularly as the, as the people of Ferguson, as you said, if I understand the need and the panic from the government or whoever, mm-hmm. um, I understand that. But if you're a town that is feeling this again, n- not through social media, you're feeling this in real life on the streets of your people being under threat and killed. If you're then presented with tanks or people in riot police, how are you not going to feel right. more under threat and? And, uh, 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 and lash out you know it's like uh, 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 I don't know it's just it's crazy to not to not expect yeah. some kind of backlash to that in, in the way it's handled and then you know it's like, like and like I said too it's like I don't think necessarily violence is the answer no but mm. it's like people do need answers yeah. and and if you say violence is not the answer and then you don't have another answer, yeah. then, you, you know, much. like, what, exactly, like, what, you you tell me then, you know what I mean? Yeah. You tell me what to do with rage and grief that seems to go, like, there's no, it seems like there's no place for it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's equally as fascinating that we got onto this a subject via wrestling. Yeah, so, I, was thinking about I mean, that that's too. kind of beautiful as well. Um, <laughs> it's made me more excited. I mean, we're getting up to the hour marks, so, so we'll start to think about ending soon. But no rush, but it makes me more excited to see where uh, one of the other things I wanted to discuss with you, therefore, leads. But comic books mm. you're a fan I, yeah. I, I've loved a bit of the reference on, on the podcast I've had Alan Moore and I've had Warren Ellis oh, yes. on. so I've had oh some cool people and it was one of the things that again as a comic book geek if you're ever listening to something that you see outside of your comic book world if they're referencing Alan Moore comics and stuff like that you kind of get excited yeah, so yeah. what's your kind of oh, oh, what's your history in comics and what's your um, well, I mean, what I, you into I, I grew up Really big Marvel guy, man. Um, so just the entire Marvel universe. I mean, mostly X Men. Yeah. I mean, X Men was always my go-to. Oh, uh, what are you thinking of all the films? Um, you know, it's it's tough. I actually, I I, I like the uh, not the Fox film. What's the other studio that got making films? Um, um, is it just like Marvel Studios? It's just Marvel Studios. So I like Marvel, the Marvel Studios, Studios are doing films. all the Iron Man, I Avengers, like and all that, and then. F- Fox are doing, I guess, X Men and Spider Man, yeah, and like I, I liked, I liked one of, I liked, I think one of those X Men. I yeah. liked that first class movie a lot. I tried to watch the Days of Future Past one kind of recently, and I couldn't do it. I, I loved that. I, I, I loved that one for some reason. Yeah. Like, that was the one that, that I, I, I loved. First Class. It seemed to be just rebooting like it and, class, and being more yeah. like a, a Bond film kind of thing. Yeah. With, with, but it felt like First Class felt like a nice, strong movie. But yeah. they, to me, Days of Future Past, there just was something, something. I tried to watch it on a plane over here, in fact. Right, yeah. And uh, I got about 40 minutes into it, and I was like, you know what? I can't do it. Because honestly, what I kept sensing was that, like, man, they're really trying to make this movie about Jennifer Lawrence. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're really kind of like, all of a sudden, Mystique is super important. Like, really? Like, she's never really been. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. You know, like, so I'm like trying to wrap my head around that and the time travel and like, you got all these new characters, you got Bishop and Blink and all these people. I'm like, eh. It's like kind of tough for me to get in. Who needs to bring Blink into it, really? (laughs) You're going to be bringing characters in. Bishop, I'm fine with. But Blink, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Generation X, like pre-Generation <laughs> yeah, X. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, so I, I don't know. I had trouble with that one. I liked the the Marvel Studios. I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was great. I was that really... was I never really read Guardians. Me but that neither. was the one that the film came out and I was like, damn, they've That's n- a nailed good the movie. tone. <laughs> yeah, like... It's exciting the amount that Marvel have got it planned out for like they've announced I think their release schedule until two thousand and nineteen yeah. and that's yeah. just that gets me hugely excited. It feels like DC are kind of looking on and going, "Oh shit, let's let's put this together." And, you know, <laughs> I'm sure they'll do a good job because they've they've killed it with some stuff. But it feels like Marvel are the one who've got this locked down yeah. now. They're like they know exactly what's going on. They've got my money for like they've, ten they've, years. At they've least. put together a movie universe of the likes of which I've never seen. It's I've amazing. never seen a movie universe so tight. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, mean, I get really excited. Sh- um, surely it's the genius of they've gone right. We've been been doing this for years in comics. Mm-hmm. You know, we've 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 done crossovers. We've done interweaving stories. But he, we've got the the <clears throat> means and the structure to do this. But it seemed like it had been so hard. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? To it put is it weird together, how it right. just suddenly clicked, wasn't suddenly, it? Suddenly, you know, it was like, like for years, not good s- 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 superhero films. You know, and then yeah. they went, "Hang on, this is." Why didn't we just ask Josh Whedon? In, like, years, <laughs> right. He seems to be the one that's got it all figured out. Exactly. Just goes, Here we go. There we go. It's like the, the the tone, like you said, the tones are right. The casting is good. Yeah. The writing is good. Yeah. Everything makes some modicum of sense together, and it's exciting. And it's like it's and it's for the fans, but it's also like exciting summer movies. And I'm like, okay, I, I like this. Yeah. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I haven't. The last comics I was really into, I got into the um, Avengers versus X Men yeah. crossover. I was really big into that, and then um, what did that end with? Like the Phoenix thing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then after that, I kind of fell out of it again. But that's what I do. Like every couple of years, there's a big crossover. I'll get into, into it, stuff, yeah. especially if it's an X Men thing. I'll so get into it. Do you stick it. mainly Marvel? Is is there much you kind yeah, of fumble outside I've, of that? I've or? never had good luck with getting into a DC comic like yeah. I've, I've had some runs with Batman some yeah, storylines yeah, that yeah, I've been yeah, into yeah. for the most part I just I've never really been into it as much as the, the X-Men the characters yeah. like the I mean the Marvel characters specifically yeah. the X-Men but I've I've gotten deep in Spider-Man's runs deep into Fantastic Four runs yeah. Avengers runs you know I've really kind of um, I think it's it's mostly to do with when I was really young when they start, when I was really going to comic book stores, a big thing for me was like those Marvel Universe collector yeah. cards. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. used to look amazing. I think series two. I think with Jim Lee. I think did the yeah. entire. I think I had every card. Yeah. And you know, and I would read every card, and I feel like I got. This, and how killer is it that on the cards, like Havoc, always looks amazing? Yeah. Yet I've never read a good book with Havoc. See, I've never seen Havoc kill it. Is there I a know. good story run? Is there's, there an there's a there's an end of. <laughs> An <laughs> X Factor series. Uh, oh man, it was right after Age of the Apocalypse. Right, there was an X Factor run, um, and basically Havoc's Havoc was losing control of his powers, and his right. body kept randomly exploding. Yeah, like it was, yeah, it was really, yeah. it was like a good five or six issue run. It was nice. like, and I st- I connected with Havoc. I'm like, oh, it's okay. To find. <laughs> it was always oh, my favorite on the cards, and then I yeah. never found that story. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think I got indoctrinated into the Marvel Universe through yeah. those cards. And then, so now, like, I'm always kind of locked in because I kind of have that understanding. Where DC, I just never really, you yeah. know, like, I know Quick the tooth. main characters, um, you know, and I never... Like, you know what DC really lost me was around the same time I was really getting into Marvel, DC had slowly gone about 
basically replacing each one of their characters. Yeah. So they had that uh that guy whose name starts with an A as a somebody he took over like Batman's back got broken right, so there was a right, new Batman right, 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 Superman right. died new yeah. Green Lantern yeah, yeah, new yeah. Kid Flash like yeah. you know what I mean it's it was like uh, I just yeah. there was no way for me to really get in and understand everything because it was like this all new turnover like yeah. every character was new and they've been doing that again recently actually. I've they? heard the new there's this I think it's called the the 52 the 52 and okay. I, I've heard it's really good I've not I've not I read that much. I'm, I'm going to start ad- ad- jumping into s- some of them too now. I'm, I'm back from touring, but I've heard they're doing good. But it feels like Marvel have, n- have never had the need to, to, no, no, no. to do that. Marvel seemed quite comfortable going, yeah, we'll just ignore that and yeah. go off on this tangent. Like, like, like they seem to have their interlocking and, cr- and crossing universes and just n- not overthink it yeah, that much. No, you just know, go, like, it's fine. Let's just go. Not have. To, I mean, they do start over, and then, I don't understand why they. Do, I guess economically, I get why they do that. They always start the series over yeah, with yeah, a number yeah, one, yeah. like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, you know, when I get got into it, things were getting to like issue seven hundred, and that shit was amazing to yeah. me. You know, like, yeah. like seven hundred, what? You know. But then imagine joining as a staff writer or whatever right. on that, and going, right, here's what you need to know. <laughs> here's what we've already done. Like, oh, sorry, I'm just going to write one story, and I need to know the complete history of the world. Shit. But yeah, that's not easy. Well, I'd, I'd recommend if you get a chance. I don't know if it's it's big in America. I loved it over here. That. Uh, there was a book called The Boys, which got a short run, um, and it's outside of Marvel and DC. Yeah, it's you this know, cool it's, like, little... it's like not Vertigo or anything like that. Yes, yeah, Vert- okay, I, I, like, I think I it like... was Vertigo. I'm not sure if it stayed with Vertigo, but I like, I like, I've, I've dabbled, like you said, you know, Alan Moore. Um, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've gotten into like some graphic novels and some other type of series too. Um, I usually um, wait till they come out in the trade yeah, and yeah, try yeah, to same, try to go through same, a yeah. couple stories Just that way. So up. yeah, any anything you recommend, I, I check out. Yeah, for The sure. Boys is The Boys is what I'm. I mean, everyone always recommends a transmit a metropolitan. Which I was, you know, it's funny. On so tour, I had a day it. off in Darmstadt, Germany, in a yeah. place we were staying. They had all of them in the stack, and I was like, I had this one by my bed, and I was yeah. about to read it, and I found out we weren't staying there the next night. I was like, you Fuck! know what? <laughs> that was it. I was, I was scared on transmit for so long because it had finished before I'd heard of it. Mm. So I knew there was thirteen full big books to get through, yeah. and I was like. I can't start that, man. I've got an album to write. I've got a tour to do. I can't start this shit. But then I did finally start it, and yeah. That's how I feel about Game of Thrones. It's like, oh, I I hear it's great, but there's like three fucking seasons already, and I don't feel like starting at episode one. It's so crazy, because literally... To, not on the way back from the... This is going to be terrible consumerism after such a nice... On the way back from the... The... the, uh, a solidarity for, for Ferguson rally. I stopped into HMV and picked up the Game of Thrones box, set, thinking I was going to be working on an album this time. <laughs> I'm taking a few weeks off. I can probably get this. I decided against it, but it was exactly that. I was yeah. like, three seasons. Have I really got time to start this? But you know what I mean. That binge watching thing is oh, is tough. Oh, oh, what do you like? TV wise, are you into your? Are you a TV watcher? Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge TV watcher actually. Um, so House of Cards is big in yep. my house. Orange is the New Black is big in my house. Yeah. Um, oh, you're a Netflix man. I, I see. love Netflix. <laughs> love the Netflix. Um, it's changed everything, right? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's just fantastic to me. Just to yeah. um, like, you know, a tough thing in my house is laundry. I do all the laundry in my yeah, household, yeah, yeah. and it's a big two, three-hour commitment every couple of weeks. Yeah, and I yeah, love yeah. that there's always some movie I want to see that I haven't seen yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah. I can just put on while I'm doing laundry. Perfect. Like, it's just like, 
that's awesome. You know what I mean? Or if there's a series I just started, I can just be watching yeah. episodes, you know? Um, I'm into the Netflix. I was into Breaking Bad a lot. I love that. Amazing. I was watching Mad Men until like two years ago, and I just stopped completely. I don't know what the hell is going on in that yeah. now. Um, I never got into Mad Men. You know, the, I liked the first two, three seasons a lot. I just don't know if there was anything tight holding it together after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I don't feel like I have anything to watch now besides wrestling. I don't yeah. feel like oh yeah. no, because I was watching. Uh, I watched a lot of anime too. Yeah, Attack yeah, yeah, on yeah. Titan. I was watching, yeah. but I finished that. So nice. I was watching Bleach for a long time too, but I kind of fell off of that. Nice. So you're kind of up to date. Is that what touring life does to you? Have you had a load of stuff downloaded? Do no, just, no. I've just been. Through? I mean, I've been writing so much. Um, of course, I haven't really. Um, all of my spare moments have been spent um, writing. Just, uh, you know, checking in on the internet for a quick second and then listening to Ron and Fez. Yeah, right. And then when I get home, I'm going to binge watch Perfect. tons uh, of uh, shit. Uh, how do you balance the touring life? As as you, as you said, you're a family man. Mm -hmm. That must take a lot of understanding and a lot of, I don't know, a lot of, of dedication there to, to, to balance it all and make that work, right? Uh, yeah, it does. And especially this year, because I've been on the road more this year than I ever have. Yeah. Um, the good thing is that it's been way more profitable yeah so yeah, like yeah. you know when i go i come back with enough money to really make it make sense but yeah it's been it's that awareness that you've been b building up to something right so now you need to go and right and then, cash that check as such you know, you know and, and then my, my wife especially and and you know the fact that we've been together since like not only did I still have a day job, it was like two or three day jobs yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. you know, and she could see how this was what I really wanted to do. Yeah, and I was kind of miserable. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So when that last day job did finally lay me off yeah. and there was this crossroads and I'm thinking, OK, got to get another job. She's like, nah, don't, don't. Just, oh, awesome. you know, like, just try it. Just do you it. know what I mean? And And to see... Like we were saying, how you know the the things the the career uh, path gets easier and better, get more exposure, higher platform with like every project. And so like now, like now, well, I look at this year and you know financially, there's no question we are in the music business yeah, in, yeah, in our yeah, household. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Right. my you know I'm contributing income in the house through the music business, and yeah. that income is kind of important. Like it's still not you know completely the level where I was at because you know I went to college I had like a, you know a decent gig you yeah, know I had yeah. you know jobs that paid pretty well yeah. um, but it's like I'm doing what I love and it's getting there yeah. money wise which is you know it makes all the difference it makes man. a big and again, difference it's, it, 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 it's another thing that people don't realise there's nothing wrong with that it's a good thing when you start to make money. For I always remember I was chatting who with. Who says it's a bad? Who, like, who again, everyone will go 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 hard on this kind of. I, I always remember doing an interview with. I was in Texas, and, and, and me and Saul Williams were interviewing each mm. other for MTV, and it blew me away as something he said. Because particularly with someone like Saul, who you see as such an artist and whatnot, he just said the line, "I have no loyalty to." to the underground mm -hmm. and I kind of love that because he's like if you've got anything that you're passionate about you should want as many people to hear it as possible and he's saying I'm not yes. saying you should sell out or you right. should do anything but if you're staying to what you're doing you should want to be number one in the charts exactly because that's 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 your that's your passion that's your music and that and that gets just to where we started and why I tell everybody all these super talented amazing rappers that I know in LA who just finished a just finished an album 
or an EP, and as soon as they get the songs back out of Pro Tools, they're like trying to throw it up on Bandcamp. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like Your time and do get, it. Give. Let like let's try to partner with some people. Like there's labels around that might want to help put this out. They want to invest in it. Like these projects, your art, your work, it deserves investment. Yeah. And the because the investment helps get the ears, and then you can eat yeah. from this thing yeah. that you're doing yeah. rather than you know busting your ass waiting tables and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, completely. And that's like so it's like that thing. It's like yeah, it's like the the. Commitment to the art, yes, execute, do do what you do, don't change what you do at all to try to succeed. But once you've finished something, give it the best chance in the world to succeed and be heard, the best chance you can. Yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, on, on on that note, let's tell people where they can keep up to date with what you're doing and, and what's next. I mean, you've been over in the UK working on, on new stuff. I, I don't know if you can talk about it. That, that's why I, I, I'm not, you know what? not giving anything away. You know, it's, all then. it's all good. Been in the UK, no, in no, the UK no, working on something. It's fine. Yeah, I've, I've been here and, and, and I'm excited to talk about it, actually. I mean, to, to at least um, mention it yeah, here yeah, 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 um, yeah. is that I've been here working on an album with uh, with Paul White. He's um, killing it at the moment. His stuff with Homeboy Sandman, his stuff with Danny Brown. Yeah. He seems to be going... Uh, and and it's it's really been incredible. The work so far is amazing, and the man is just so talented, yeah. so talented in all of these different styles yeah. of beat making and production. And his ambition is just crazy. Um, and he's a great guy. Yeah. And it's been really awesome to be out here working with him. So that's what's next for me. We're that's like great. we're in the middle of that right now. And then you were you, have you got plans to 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 work on another? Would that be? Th- the next solo record or is that its own project of Paul White and Open Michael or are you then working on a solo record after that it's feeling like it's going to be a a, a collaborative project and it's going to kind of exist outside of the world of my solo albums I think just the process by which we're making it is so different it's so collaborative yeah uh, I I don't think it's going to be like how do the solo albums work just to jump in it is it always working with one producer no very is it a load of different people it's usually a lot of different people I made one solo album with a producer Awkward out of Bristol Um, I find I find that I enjoy more enjoy enjoy making a solo album best when I can get beats from everybody and just try to make the best collection of songs yeah. that I can and yeah. not you know not necessarily be uh, beholden to one sound yeah I mean I mean it makes it it makes for me now dark comedy all the more impressive because it feels like an album it doesn't feel like a collection of songs as we said and that can often be the case if you're getting right. beats from all over the place it can start to feel like just here's the stuff I've been working on rather than here's the album well, so you know I, I do even though it's a bunch of different producers uh I do deal with a lot of people who um, kind of have this low end theory kind of influence. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Just certain sounds that, that make things um, kind of not traditional boom bap yeah. rap yeah, music, yeah, which yeah, I'm yeah. into too. It's just not a lot of producers that I work with are using that sound. Yeah, yeah. And and it's good too because a lot of that sound is very sample based and that's just so difficult in this work, current, man. you know, in, in the business with. right now it's really hard if you've got a recognizable sample. It's Even hard, if the beat is gorgeous, it's like... It's hard for that to not end up being a mixtape rather <laughs> yeah, than an album. Exactly. And, and it's, it's hard for me to, to imagine spending my time that way making something that is not going to yeah. have that opportunity to release, get out. Yeah. You know, so... Um, 
I think that pushes producers towards making things that are, you know, a little bit more synthy, yeah, a little more electronic. Yeah. And I think that even though I'm working with different people, that kind of links a lot of the things together. Yeah, yeah and that's so great. there's a there's a little bit of a, a cohesion that comes. If from you've that. got that that restriction or that style or sound that everyone can work towards, yeah. then it kind of it yeah, ties it, it all itself, in there. Right. That's great. Well, uh, where can people keep up to date with 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 all of your actions and movements? So always go to mikeeagle.net. Um, M-I-K-E-E-A-G-L-E dot net and then um, at Mike underscore Eagle I was about to put a dot in my Twitter handle for some God reason it's it. really strange it's just right here. <laughs> <laughs> at Mike underscore Eagle on Twitter I'm there a lot talking too much that's perfect well thank you very much for coming on it's cool. been a pleasure to talk thank you man we'll check out my podcast the- Secret Skin I'm, I'm gonna have Pip on it one day too damn right we're gonna we'll, <laughs> hopefully by the time this one comes out. I'll tell you about this actually. There's this. I've just just been approached by an app called Acast, uh-huh. and this isn't an advert for me. Sure, sure, I'm buzzing sure. over it. They 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 put your podcast out in the normal way, but if you listen to the podcast on their app, mm-hmm. while sh- shit's happening. So so when I upload it, I can add links in, right? Oh. So so when we were talking about marvel there oh, i can have a link so if you want to there's that's an image there brilliant. of marvel and you can link so where we, you've then mentioned your podcast yeah. hopefully if that's the time if you're listening to it on the app there'll already be a link if you oh, click the screen man. now you can go and listen to it. how I'm, dope is that i've been thinking about this so hard making it just feels like i want that to happen the cool thing with it again it feels like i'm advertising them. They've, <laughs> not, they've not paid me a thing yet i'm hoping one day they will but um the thing is like so either you can do it all there so you can pause the podcast and, and look at that shit or it stores it so at the end you can then go so what was that video they were talking about that's and what perfect. was this that's absolutely it's awesome, perfect right? so hopefully that. you can already link and you're already subscribing to Mike's podcast and this one so that's there all you go. we're there well thank you very much thank we'll you. talk soon man thanks Let's for go. having me man peace That was Open Mike Eagle. Um, yeah, amazing. I recommend you check his podcast out, as 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 he said. Um, again, if you listen to this on the Acast app thing, that we, I seem like I work for them now. I don't, but yeah, you can. That sh- there should have been a link. You can go back and access all the links as the as these little drop marks that are on there um so yeah check that out thank you very much for tuning in please subscribe please spread the word tell people about this podcast for next week's guest which you're all waiting to hear um our christmas special no less of course we had to have someone special for our christmas special we've got mr simon Pegg. um Absolute a legend and lovely a lovely guy one of my just genuine life heroes so it's going to be great to to allow you all to hear a nice chat and conversation with him about everything um so yeah check that out subscribe now to get involved in that um i think that's it so thank you for listening and uh see you all next week <laughs>